Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football's right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code BESTDAM to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. Here's the promo again. Best damn for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You're listening to Papa and Banks with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Presented by DraftKings. Welcome to the debut edition of the Papa Bank Show presented by DraftKings. I'm Bob Papa with two-time Super Bowl champion and a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame All-80s team on the defensive side of the ball. Number 58, Carl Banks. And uh, we're going to take you inside the locker room. We're going to talk about the National Football League. We're going to hear stories. We'll bring you guests during the course of the season. Plus, you know, Carl's got a clothing business. We're both foodies, so we'll give you our favorite recipes And we get you set for the fun NFL season that's about to begin a week from now. Carl, how's it going, my man? I'm good, man. I got like a lot going on, Bob. I got a lot of questions for you, like inside the locker room questions. I got like, I got like stuff to get off my chest when it comes to this um, investigation of Urban Meyer and his his comments on his decision-making based on vaccination status. Um, and the um, union's stance on it. It's just kind of strikes me as a bit disingenuous. And, you know, it's just stuff, man. Stuff. Well, I'll tell you, here's the biggest stuff that I want to get into to start with. Because we just went through this preseason, only three games. I like the fact that they have Labor Day weekend off as opposed to playing preseason games right into the start of the season. I think it gives teams a chance to shuffle through the roster, figure out how they can get better players on their team, get their practice squad set, and kind of get into the season. And these new guys that you bring in at least have a chance to get them up to speed. But I want to go back to something that has become very common in today's NFL world for a lot of teams. And this is this notion of guys not playing at all in the preseason. It really bothers me because like when Tiger Woods is coming off his layoffs in golf, you know, Mm -hmm. he always says, you know, you can't just jump into a major and go play. Like you got to get a couple tournaments under your belt to get tournament ready before you're going to go win another green jacket or a U.S. Open or whatever. You got basketball players or baseball players, they play 162 games, yet they play like 50 exhibition games leading up to their season. It's about repetitions. It's about playing. Why is it that some in this sport think that you could play your last competitive game in full uniform the first Sunday of January, and then the following September when the regular season starts – Having not played in a single preseason game under any game conditions, you could possibly go out and be your best to start the season. It blows okay. me away. So I, I get it. Is. I get it. And you've been talking to a lot of coaches and a lot of coaches that used to do it the old way. So here's here's the thing. I'm kind of I'm not straddling the fence because I do believe that players should play in preseason. With certain conditions. So you made the golf analogy that you just can't play in a major without playing a few tournaments, right? Well, you can't play in a few tournaments until you start to practice around the greens, at the range, and all the other stuff. So um, when I look at uh, teams that do inter-squad scrimmages, right? Or not inter-squad. Yeah, like joint practice. When they, they, they do joint practices, that's the driving range. 
That's where they're working on the little things that you can't do in a tournament. That's like me going to say, you know, Carl, you want to play it? Bob, you say, Carl, you want to play golf? Like, yeah, I've only played with about four, four rounds, but I haven't even been to the range, so we'll see where it goes, right? Um, or you go to the range and you work on the things you want to work on, and then you jump in the tournament and you do okay, you know? But I think for these players, and here, here's the other thing that the coaches that are outside of the game right now have not factored in. The reasons why some teams have their players playing all year, I mean, um, all preseason, and other teams don't. For instance, the New England Patriots had 40% of their team opt out last year. I don't know what the percentage was, but it was a high amount, right? Big so players. They hadn't played football in almost uh, 18 months, right? So yeah. that's a reason probably why they got their guys out there. Plus, they got a new quarterback, right? Um, the Giants got new players, but they needed they needed more individualized work with their offensive line. And I'm okay with what I saw uh, in their last preseason game. I, I, you know, it's it's more of the same meaning that well, we'll see what this offensive line is all about. But I'm not so sure that it was a waste of time for the Giants' offensive line to get as many reps, one-on-one pass rush drills against a good defensive line for a week and then go another week and do it again. I think that's more valuable than going and playing in a preseason game and playing 10 plays. I just do. Because the reps that you get, just for instance. Why can't you do both, though? You can, but you got, you've got you gotten probably 50 reps of practice per practice at something that you may not get in the game. You may get in the game and, hey, the other team may not even pass rush you. You may decide to run the football. Like, you can create scenarios just like you can when you're at the range. You can create the scenarios you want to work with. And so – if you want to work on getting out of the trap at different, in different lives, you want to work off a hill, you can do all of that. You might not get to that hill in the first 10 plays of preseason. So I'm good with wanting players, seeing players play in preseason if they are, if they are not in joint practices, right? And then you also have to just look at what, where your team is in terms of veterans, what the needs are, you know, people say, well, Kansas City, they played, they played their guys. Well, Kansas City didn't have an offensive line. They lost their whole offensive line. It's probably why they played a lot of their guys. So, I mean, there are different reasons. There are teams that don't. You know, ask Bruce Arians why he thought it was important to play Tom Brady in every preseason game. He might say, well, because I don't want my guys to get stale. So, um, and Brady was lobbing him too, lobbying him too. Yeah. So, you know, so it's just kind of, I, I get it. I want to see players in, in preseason, but I also want to see players that need to improve have as much repetition at what they need to improve on as possible. So if you're a team that's got offensive linemen that's got to get better and you go through the preseason and that guy plays 45 maybe total plays in preseason, you have no real experience uh, in terms of competitive work throughout camp. Because I would say at the first week of camp, everybody knows what everybody's doing on your own team. And the season starts, and that player struggles. He's got no foundation, number one. Number two, um, you can't work him after practice because, you know, this thing called the collective bargaining agreement won't let you put pads on more than a couple times a week. You can't be physical and you can't keep them after practice. So what other time would you have to really work on a young player against competition at different levels, at different skill sets for a week? That's invaluable. You can't get that during the course of a game. So, listen, every team has different needs. And, you know, with, with young quarterbacks, young offensive linemen, you may think they need experience. And I think that experience comes with the, with the 
inability to practice a player like you want to practice a player, you have to you have to create scenarios where these guys can get some some you know training under fire. Well, I mean, look, some of these teams leave themselves wide open for criticism. The first couple of weeks of the season, we're going to see how this whole thing plays out. And, you know, some people are going to be like, hey, I was right. You guys don't know what you're talking about. And then there's other people that are going to be like, see, you were wrong. You were wrong. Your team wasn't ready. Speaking of, uh, I got to None of them will be ready, by the way. No. Belichick, some will be more ready than others, but they won't. Yeah, I mean, Belichick treats the first three weeks of the regular season like an extension of the preseason because he's adapted to the rule. Speaking of your man, BB, I know that Bill Belichick is near and dear to you. Yes. As your defensive coordinator. I mean, you love everything about the guy, including the hoodie, although you would not sell that with your G3 apparel with the cutoffs. I might. Sure. Only but in Boston, though. Probably make a buttload of money. Um, how shocked were you this week when it was announced that Cam Newton was getting cut? I mean... I wasn't very shocked at all. Not at all? No. No, because, you know, if you you know Bill Belichick, there's kind of this unwritten uh, rule of accountability. And when he says, and and Bill Bill will walk into a meeting and he will say, from this moment on, every decision you make everything you do has to be about putting the New England Patriots first. Yourself, your teammates, your coaches, across the board. That's, and he'll, you know, he'll, you know, how his voice kind of goes up a little bit. That's exactly what I want you guys to focus on. It's about football. It's Was about that your winning. Belichick impersonation? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Um, I need you guys to focus on Football and everything in this building, anything out of this building, I don't give a about. And so when he talks about accountability, he talks about all these different things. It's kind of one of those deals like my father used to say, let your conscience be your guide. So when the most important position on your team, and it's not, it's nobody's fault other than the fact that if there's kind of this, this rule about team first and doing what's important, you're going to look at Cam Newton and you're going to say, okay, well, it was a misunderstanding, but he still missed five days of practice, right? He had to leave the basic bubble that they were in, go see a doctor with permission. Nobody's begrudging that. Expose himself to whatever level it was come back into their facility and they said, nope, wait, you didn't, you didn't test at the right facility. So we, we don't trust that test. You got to sit out. It's got to be in a league. It's got to be at a team facility with bioreference as the testing company. Correct. So now the other guys, there doing everything right because all he wants to do is just play football. Now I'm sure I'm not sure if Cam went to a doctor or whatever, but it was, you know, for whatever his physical uh, purposes were. So I'm sure as much as Bill said wasn't an issue, subconsciously it was. Because, and I, I know, and you could probably ask any player who's ever played for him since 1984 to current day, when he gives that from this day forward, for the rest of this season, everything you do has to be about this team. Put this team first in the personal decisions you make. If you're going out and you're, you know, he just gives you that whole speech. So um, apples to apples, it was going to be Cam Newton as their starter. But when it became apples and oranges, it's like, well, we don't want oranges anymore. We just want apples. And so they went with Mac Jones, but, but you got to admit if Mac Jones gets hurt or he craps the bed and he stinks, I mean, do you want Brian Hoyer coming in? Do you want Cam Newton still on your roster? Um, they made the decision. You have to keep in mind. I was in, um, I was in Cleveland. They got rid of Bernie 
they really didn't have. We had Rich Gannon in for a little bit, and we ended up settling on Vinny Testaverde, ended up going to an AFC championship game. Like, Rich Gannon was just like, I'm done. I don't want to. I can't do this camp. They just walked out. So, it, you know, this is not Bill's first rodeo. I mean, we, we sit from an armchair position and we make all these emotional statements about what we think um, should be happening with the team or who we think should be starting as a rookie. We have no fucking idea, like, what, what goes on in the building. Right now, yeah, you and I both true. have some... We have some intimate knowledge because we've been around the team and I've been in, you know, both the locker room and the front office. But like you sit and you you guess at what you think, right? Um, it's it's like, oh well, you know, Mac Jones outplayed Cam and blah, 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 blah. They gave Mac Jones plays that they wanted him to execute. They didn't give him the kitchen sink, right? If you think he's not gonna struggle at any level. You're mistaken. He's going to have some mistakes. But what they gave him was the training wheels. And then they took him off and they put, they took the banana seat off and they gave him a cycling seat. You know, it's, it's steps to this as quarterbacks. You're not going to see it all. And, you know, same with Justin Fields. Everybody gets, you know, gets excited with the five plays they gave him to run the whole game. Right? Oh, Justin Fields should be in there. Well, Justin Fields can't even protect himself, right? If he can't see a guy that walks up on the line of scrimmage as a threat, then, Jeez. you know, he's not quite ready for day one. That's not, yeah, and, and let, me, let me be wondering. honest. That's not a knock on him, Bob. You don't know what you don't know. No, and, and the other thing, that's why all these people are clamoring about, oh, Fields should be starting in week one. No, he shouldn't. Just for that reason about being able to protect himself. He's going to eventually start. The Bears are not winning the NFC North by any stretch of the imagination unless Aaron Rodgers suffers a season-ending injury in week one. The Packers are the best team in that division, hands down. Mm -hmm. And why would you want to start a guy who has shown a lot of potential and who you are invested in for your future but still has a lot to learn (laughs) And expose him to Sunday night football and Aaron Donald on the road against wait, the Rams. Wait, like, remember why would you, you can't do that. So, so like, like, why don't you just freeze frame the phrase that we were just talking about, where we said he can't recognize a simple blitz off the edge, walk right up into his line of sight. Now, if you want that guy to play. Play the clip from Sam Darnold after the during the Patriots game where he says, "I'm seeing ghosts." If he can't see the obvious, you can bet your bottom dollar he's not gonna see the more complex stuff that's moving around. And you know, I don't know if it was, um, I think it was Demarcus Spears who says, "Well, that's what our offensive line is for, and that's what a coach is for, and coaches should be teaching them that." That's the coaches for who. Who are we to say that they haven't drilled him on it? Maybe this is what they're doing. They put him out there. Hey, here are your reads. If, if you know, number one walks up on the outside and you see a safety in the middle of the field, chances are it's a pressure. And your first threat is the guy off the edge, so you better alert the tackle if the tackle doesn't alert you. Well, the tackle didn't alert him. Chances are they went over this. People are blaming the coach now for what a player does on the field. Yeah, that's, no. a, that, that's silly. That's right. Silly. So you want this guy to, to start and he can't even protect himself. And guess like, what? And guess it's what? not a knock. It's not a knock on him. It's just there are levels to this. Yeah, and if, and if Andy Dalton stinks it up in week one and the Bears get smacked around on the road on Sunday night football to start the season, then they come home the next week, and if you want to make the move, you got the Bengals coming in. No disrespect to the Bengals; they have NFL players, but it's not the Rams on the road. It's the Bengals in right. your building for week two. I right. mean, if, he, if Eli Manning can get yanked after two games, or whatever it was that he got yanked, I mean, yeah, two games. Then there's no reason why, if the Bears have to make a move, they make a move. 
Yeah, it's um people are overthinking that one, man. Well, they, but see, this is where we are in our discourse as fans because we've gotten so much access and this this stuff goes stupid on stupid access in a lot of ways. Do right. I need to, it, do I need to have beat writers charting every throw that Zach Wilson makes in his second practice ever in the NFL and training camp is like Oh, he threw five balls high, and in seven on seven, he was horrible. And 11 on 11, he couldn't. He threw out a sack. Like, yeah, of course. That's what happens with rookie quarterbacks. They don't come yeah. out and look like Dan Marino finished friggin' product. Right. And, and what beat writers don't know, what fans don't know as they read some of this stuff, is that you don't even know what the conditions were created, what conditions were created by the coach to see how the player would respond. That is a key tenet of how Bill Parcells and Bill Belichick and Nick Saban prepares their players. They create difficult situations, so the deck could be stacked against them on certain plays. And balls get away and bad decisions are made, and that's how you learn. So, you know, we have so much access and people are so, you know, invested in stuff they don't fucking know about. like. You know, we can we can make our best guesstimates, and some players have some pretty good ideas based on their own experiences. But when it comes to rookie quarterbacks, I think you might want to allow the coaches to be the best judge of that, unless you're sitting next to that kid every day in a meeting. Because, go ahead. I was laughing my ass off because I heard some fan complaining and really annoyed with Vic Fangio that Locke didn't win the job over Teddy Bridgewater. And he's like, you know, I really like what I was seeing out of Locke, and it looked like he was maturing as a player, and I don't understand why I don't understand why we're going with Teddy Bridgewater. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Who? What? You watched a couple of preseason games, and Drew Locke looked like a better player than maybe he had in the past when you watched them. What about the 50 practices, the walkthroughs, yeah. the film sessions, the meetings, and the coaches quizzing the guys on calls and reads and, and all that other stuff, not to mention that the offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer, had Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota, loves Teddy Bridgewater, thinks the world of him as a human being, as a teammate, and as a guy who understands his offense, and yet you watch a couple preseason games and you're calling in a radio show saying you're shocked and you're pissed and you can't believe this dumb head coach made this decision. It's it's yeah, I mean, and then you know, the other thing about it is Teddy Bridgewater. Well, Pat Shermer's offense is so quarterback friendly, like you're gonna have good numbers if you're throwing the football in Pat Shermer's offense. So at that point, you know, Teddy knows that offense. He knows all the little things about it. You can say what you want about Locke. Locke was there before uh, Bridgewater, right? Locke was there when they didn't have another quarterback. And he did not seem to be able to take control of the position. Hence, Teddy Bridgewater walks through the door and takes the job. So, you know, as fans, know what you don't know. You know, we don't know everything that goes on. And I can tell you, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind closed doors where <laughs> you guys would be shocked. Like, if you think, you know, your player, your favorite player could be, you know, your the, the reason you like that team and you don't understand why the team is is made him inactive this week, or you don't understand why he's not starting. And all the things that don't come out, like, all oh, the guy's late all the time. All oh, the guy's sleeping in meetings. All oh, the guy has 15 blown assignments this week. That's why the coaches couldn't trust him. But all you know is the five plays that you see on TV that people talk about all the time. But a lot of these things behind the scenes, these coaches know. And, you know, I, I'm not sure we're at the level – or at the point in the season where we can call any coach incompetent or stupid or not ready for the job. I think we've had a lot of, 
a lot of coaching changes this year. And we won't know a lot about those guys, but everyone else, we kind of know who they are. And I don't think we have, we've gotten to the idiot stage of the season where we can say this guy has no clue what he's doing. So, so so now we're going to circle back because like we we've spun through these quarterbacks around the NFL. Some of these quarterback situations, we talked a little bit about Cam Newton, the fact that he was unvaccinated. Uh, let's you're, you're, you're absolutely crazy. If you don't think when push comes to shove, when they were sitting down, (laughs) whether their roster is down to a final 53, and then they're trying to determine who they're bringing to the practice squad. If you don't think human nature, as you're analyzing this, and if two guys are equal, just like anybody that's going for a job somewhere, Carl, two things are equal. Something has to break the tie. And guess what? Without anybody having to say it, but if I'm running a business, Mm -hmm. I got something going on. If you and I are doing this podcast, sitting next to each other, a vaccination or unvaccination could potentially affect our success. So coaches, yes. Yeah. Why is that a factor? So you run a business, you run a clothing company. Yes. But let me, let, let's take it a bit further. So there's a lot about the NFL Players Association that I like, right? They do a lot of good things. But at the top of the list of all the things they do good is they do excellent fake outrage. Fake, they oh, do fake that, outrage. Fake outrage fake is at the top outrage. of the list of all the good things they do. Right, because so like, this well, like, when, when outrage, the CBA doesn't come out the right way, then they throw their hands up. They go, I yeah. can't believe they're still, they could still tag players. Then why right. didn't you negotiate it out? Why did you sign it, right? So so this outrage, because Urban Meyer said, oh, I yeah, we, we factor these things in in our decision-making, absolutely, which every team does. And all of a sudden, the Players Association says we're going to investigate this. This warrants an investigation. We can't. Well, yes, you can. You know why you can? Because you agreed to it. Because number one, Players Association, who I like, but y'all at the top of the list when it comes to fake outrage, you do realize that if an unvaccinated player causes, or players, causes a game to get canceled, postponed, they will not reschedule in both teams. Every player on that team on both sides loses the salary, loses the game check. Right. right? So, for, so for everybody to understand, there's 17 games. The players get paid on a weekly basis by and large. There's 17 separate game checks to pay the players. If for whatever reason, because of COVID, a game gets canceled, not rescheduled for later in the week, eventually becomes a post or a cancel. But they're not going to reschedule this year. Right. So they're not even rescheduled. So if a game gets canceled, all 53 players on that team don't get paid for that week's work. And all 53 players on the other team will not get paid. So who are you protecting with this investigation? Nobody, because you know what? They agreed to it. They agreed that this policy is good for the game. So you're telling me that you're going to investigate why a guy doesn't want to expose his team to unvaccinated players because for the good of the team, I go back to where, you know, the Belichick speech, everything you do from this moment on should be in the best interest of this team and the success of this team, the player next to you, your, your, your family, everybody has to do what's in the best interest of this team because ultimately it's in your own best interest. So why wouldn't they want to make sure that they do as much as possible to insulate themselves from these types of situations that they can't control? Of course. It's just, it's basic business. Right. But the, 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 the fake outrage by the PA, like, who are you fooling? Who are you fooling? Oh, and, you know, if we want to go back to the summer when they advised guys not to work out at the facility and a few guys got hurt, I wonder what happened with that. 
you know, the kid in Denver, did he get a settlement? Did they negotiate a, a settlement they with him? A little or bit of a settlement. Yeah. But I mean, why, why would teams don't have to do anything? Right. Again, I am, I am pro NFL PA, but the, the theatrics or the performative before performative, uh, art is just a bit much for me but you know what carl i do want to let everybody know right the nfl season's just around the corner the start of the year it's coming up and uh you can get in on the action with DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the nfl download the DraftKings sportsbook app right now and if you use the promo code best damn and obviously you know what the promo code is because you're listening to this and you're watching this right now you could receive 200 dollars in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot and a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. Here's the promo code again. Best damn for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, what's what, what, what was your next train of thought there? You know, we, we, we get into, like, lifestyle. I want to talk a little bit about, and, you know, as it relates to the locker room and just lifestyle period. But I want to do it a little different because you cover golf and is golf like are golfers more rock star-ish, more tennis player-ish, more musician-ish, more weird? What what are they? I mean, what is that lifestyle? I and mean, I know it varies across golfers, but if you had to sum up a basic um, profile of a pro golfer. Today's pro golfer. Um, let's see. Well, there is a certain aspect of celebrity. To that. So is that kind of rock star or just like influencer celebrity or rock star celebrity? Well, I Tiger Woods this. is a rock star. Of course. Of okay. course. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think just more celebrity star, I think, for the most part. I mean, look, there's certain guys that resonate with fans a little bit more. I'll tell you one thing about golfers that has definitely changed over the years is the sport uh, has gotten more athlete into the sport. Hmm. Like the amount, like if you watch these guys and you actually go to a golf event now, you know, I, I think back to like when I was a kid, there were all these blonde guys that had like, they were in their like mid thirties and they all had like spare tires around their waist. Right. Like you don't see that really anymore. I mean, these guys are fit. They've got these fitness gyms that are on the road with these guys. They got trainers. There's all the science that goes along with it. They're celebrities. They they're celebrities and they're guys that can influence. I wouldn't go rock star though. Okay. So, but they are you... recognizable because they don't wear yes. a helmet. Right. So, I, if you can give me five, five golfers, if they could play another sport, what, what would that sport be? Give me five. You just said they're more athletic. If you had to look at a guy and say that guy right there could be, he could be a free safety or that guy right there looks like could race cars at NASCAR. Give me five guys in th that you can look at and say they belong in another. If they had another life, I could see them in the sport. Well, I mean, I, I, first, I'll just go to the champions tour guys to start with. Like, have you ever seen the size of Ernie Els yep. and Retief Goosen? These are big men. Like, so would they be volleyball players, basketball boxers. players, I think, I think tight ends or boxers? I think they'd be boxers. Okay. Be so wait, so Ernie and Retief, if you said they could be boxers, do they even have like the mentality of a boxer? Is well, there anything about them that says Ernie Els? he does. could take a punch? Ernie or he Els could give a punch. Ernie L's good. He's a tough okay. dude. Um, I would think that for a lot of these guys, um, I could see them. I could see a lot of them being like baseball players. I think a lot of them would fit in with the kind of baseball player because it's very repetitious. Yeah. Uh, the routine of it. Um, you know, I think they all wish they could be basketball players, but none of them would really be big enough to do it. Although, you know, you know, the Kepkas of the world. And some of those guys look like they could be football players. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Gary Woodland. Like, these are big people. Have you ever seen Phil Mickelson in person? Of course, yeah. yeah Phil Mickelson is big. Well, so I saw Phil Mickelson dad bod, the old school Phil oh, yeah, Mickelson, yeah. and then the fit Phil Mickelson. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, so what these guys do to get in shape, I, I think they would, I mean, you know, it's a lot, it's funny because a lot of people were saying with Brooks Kepka, you know, with the weightlifting and, and his size and all that other stuff, like, oh, you know, you could be a tight end. Well, unless you're around an NFL team and you know what the size of tight ends really are. Yeah. You know, actually they said Tim Tebow could be, well, Tim Tebow said he could be an NFL tight end and he played football his whole life and couldn't do play ever, tight end. Do you ever wonder though? Do you ever wonder about Tim Tebow? Because think about the kid, uh, think about the tight end with Washington. Washington, yeah. Logan Thomas, who came mm -hmm. into the NFL as a quarterback, spent some time on the Giants practice squad, and uh, it just didn't work out for him as a quarterback. So he immediately decided after like three or four years on practice squads, yeah. I'm going to give it a go, and I'm going to be on practice squads as a tight end. You ever wonder with Tebow because of the athlete that he was when he came out of college? He's one of the greatest college football quarterbacks. Sure. Ever. And obviously, he did play in the NFL. He was athletic enough to play in the NFL. Um, not at a great level at that position. But I always wonder if he would have not been so resistant. You know, after he left the Jets, remember he went to the Patriots. Sure. They used him only at quarterback because he still wanted to chase that dream. I wonder if he didn't do his foray into baseball and he would have immediately transitioned as a younger athlete and tried to make a go of a tight end if he could have. No. We'll never know. Well, I can tell you just based on his aversion to like contact, he would not exist at that position. He would barely be considered a hybrid um, because the, the stuff we saw in preseason was the stuff I used to study on film about tight end. He has an aversion to contact. You can't play that position play no matter who you are, including Kelsey, if you, are, if you have an aversion to contact. The things they were asking him to do weren't very difficult either. Making big blocks or hanging on to some guy or blocking Aaron Donald, it wasn't what they were asking. You know, chip here, position here. He just... I don't think you develop the courage to do that at his age. And if he had it early on, he probably wouldn't develop it ever. You know, I think I would think opposite. If he would have pursued baseball earlier than football, he probably could have been a decent baseball player, but everything he started too late out other than football, like the, the pure position of quarterback, we knew he could do that, but all the changes he's, his life changes and God bless him for pursuing them and getting the opportunity to do them. But it's pretty hard. You know, it's pretty hard. He gives it his best. He shows up in shape uh, with the right attitude, and it's just not good enough. I want to ask you a little bit about, uh, like, relaxing away from talking about football. Because, you know, yeah. we got a long weekend ahead of us. Got the Labor Day weekend. You know, we got the start of the regular season. The weather's still going to be warm out. You're a bit of a foodie. I'm a foodie. Yeah. Love to cook a little bit. Like, do you, do you look at like a long weekend? Do you say to yourself, you know, I think I'm going to try to make this. Um, well, like we are constantly experimenting and, um, and we're also like out and about in the city. So this weekend for me, I'm probably going to be on the Vespa. I could end up on the um, Upper West Side at Red Farm. I like, have you been to Red Farm? No, not yet. Oh, you got to go to Red Farm. It's good. It's a Asian inspired. River, River Palm <laughs> we missed you a week ago. I know. You'll enjoy it. Um, but yeah, like, I, and, you know, I follow like a lot of food stuff. On, I have I have dual personalities when it comes to my social media, like on Twitter where I have the most followers. I'm mostly football and some social issues every once in a while, but mostly sports, right? And then if you follow me on Instagram, it's all about fashion, food, and travel, and jokes. You know, so um, be careful with the jokes these days. I don't have to be careful because I am a self-aware individual. And I, the, here, my, my simple rule is this, be respectful of everyone. So I don't get dragged into the alphabet wars because I respect all people. And 
um, I have probably a little more restraint than probably I used to because I pretty much know I could hurt someone's feelings if I say what I want to sometimes to smart asses. Because I just came from an environment where, you know, when you're snapping on somebody, it can it can cut deep and you got to grin it off or come back with something else. And so I stay away from mama jokes and all of that stuff. So I, I'm, I'm OK. I'm not too concerned about saying the wrong thing that will offend somebody. Remember Emerald Goss when he had when he had that cooking show, the cooking live. Yeah. Yeah. Bam, another notch. Bam, another. Remember, you always used to say, yo, I wish you people out there had smell of vision. It smells so yeah. good. Man, they should come up. If they could come up with Twitter and Instagram as part of those social media platforms, if they had a breathalyzer before you hit send. <laughs> That would be the greatest invention ever. Yeah. Because how many people get dragged into crap uh, wars yeah. on a Friday or Saturday night after too many daddy sodas or a couple of martini yep. or whatever? Yep. You start just shoot from the hip. It should make yeah. you say, first, breathe into app. Buttons will not work. No, sin will not work. You'll just be banging on your keyboard. You know, but speaking of um, smell of vision so for my birthday, I got just the most unique gift of, um, I don't know if you know the site Hawthorne. It's a fragrance site for men, yeah. right? So I get, my girlfriend gives me this beautiful Italian. gift. We have, you know what ours is? Where? Roasted garlic. I like that too. That's our scent. But you go on and then you give this profile of things you like, scents you like, whatever. And you're building out this cologne for yourself and this body wash for yourself. Yeah. And I'm normally, I normally wear Bulgari, right? And like Bulgari has about three scents that I like. But damn, if I didn't, I, I, I created this fragrance and it is in my wheelhouse. And it's kind of like, wow, I wish I could have smelled that before I bought it, but they got it correct. But if, you know, as you're building this thing out, the experience is really good. It's not tedious. So I'm on, I'm on this thing and I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to be one of those gifts that, you know, more trouble than it's worth. It's like getting um, some kind of gift where it's just, you just got to subscribe to a 15 different things. So this was easy. And I'm like, I can't wait for this to come. They give you a work and they give you a casual. And I got to tell you, it's in my fragrance. Well, but it's different from Bagari. So it's it's pretty good. So I want to be able to, if we can create a smell of vision on something, it would be cool. Well, we should have our, uh, the people that are going to download this podcast, they should all, they should all like reach out to us with their scents. Let yeah. us know what their scents are. All right. So Carl, this is our first spin at this bad boy. Uh, the Papa Bank show presented by DraftKings. Um, make sure you download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code BESTDAM because there's a lot of opportunities for you there. Heading into week one, all you need to do is make a $1 wager. could open you up to 200 bucks in free wagers and get you in that million-dollar pool for grand prizes. So just download the app. So we're going to get some guests on as we do these shows mm -hmm. moving forward. We're going to talk a lot of ball. We're going to kind of bring people inside our thought process. What are some of the things that you're – hoping to do with this what do you want our audience to experience because we want it's all about word of mouth here so anybody that's watching this bad boy you got i want i want um i want our audience to really see how sports and pop culture merges they're like you see things and for instance the influence of sports in hip-hop right you think is it hip-hop that's influencing sports or sports influencing hip-hop right like drake's friends with a lot of guys in the nfl his music plays in every stadium um but then you look and certain guys hang out and it's like been that way for a very long time joe dimaggio and marilyn monroe you know pop culture and sports and 
you know, you just and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's not fake. It's like when just like as, as normal fans, imagine yourself being someone of notoriety and still being a fan and then see your normal self and see your celebrity self and see how much it differs from how big of a fan you are. Like the celebrity fans out just like a regular fan. And it's, it's pretty cool. If you could hear someone like Tracy Morgan talk about the Giants, he, re, he repeats moments in Giants history. And, and he's been to games, but he, he talks just like the normal guy. Like when you get him talking about his favorite teams, he, you know, so. Well, we got to get him on the show. We got to get him. I got to get, you know, a Knicks fan. You know, I love my New York Knicks. I'm a big basketball fan, folks. We got, yeah, we got to get some, yeah. We, I, I want basketball guys. I want, I want entertainers. I want them to talk about their love of sports. You know, and guys food. that grew up. And yeah, food. Well, you know what, when our, bu- when our buddy, our great friend, uh, Chef Sam Hazen, when he opens up that place in the city. Yeah. We're going to have to check that out. Yeah, I'm working on a really cool food project, too. We'll 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 talk oh, about that wow. offline. He's that famous 58 barbecue. He's yeah, we still got it. But I got a fun, I got a fun thing here, man. So. All right. Well, so I'm encouraging everybody that's watching this. Please tell your friends about it. We're going to do this and uh, we're going to do it in our own style, man. We're going to. Yeah, gonna but it won't be this dark for me. I just did, you know, they'll, but they'll, we'll. We'll be okay. Alex, Alex and the company, they'll, they'll, they'll make it. Yeah. Yeah. This is, you know, but right. it's been a rough week for me. Yeah. Well, home, home shopping, shopping network. Yeah. I had, so I had home shopping network. Um, I sell like, I can tell, you know, I can tell family secrets now cause it's water under the bridge. Right. So I have, uh, I kick off the NFL season every year with home shopping network. And so this year we do a three in one t-shirt and it's a t-shirt with the schedule. Every team has its schedule on the back. <laughs> so we started developing this during the lockdown, right? Some people were furloughed and didn't come back. So the quality control process, something got missed to the point to where it was 16 games and we caught it and we said to our partners in home shopping that well, you can't sell this t-shirt because it only has 16 games on it those games aren't even right because when the product was even made it was february the schedule wasn't even released until may so that person whoever you know the person was just kind of guesstimated you know when the super bowl is over with and they say oh you're going to be playing the nfc it's going to be playing the afc south they just kind of threw a few things together as a placeholder until the schedule came out. So that placeholder was never removed because that person never came back to work and nobody else caught it. So that was that. So then we had to scramble to replace like 75, 85,000 t-shirts. What product? Cause I'm on home shopping network a lot. So I had some women's product. I had, you know, some really cool T-shirts, which I would show you, but I, it's dark in here. And a few other things. So I was scheduled to go on at 1 o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock, and then every hour after that until 4 p.m. Well, go home, have dinner. 8 o'clock, I say, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to be ready. Uh, back here in the studio, my office, um, for a 1 a.m. show. Well, by 8.30, all hell broke loose with Ida. So I look out the window. You could have just flushed the shirts at that point. Yeah, well, no, because we have we have alternate. You know, I have somebody on standby if I can't do a show. But it's a big show. And, you know, all I had went through so much just to make sure that I got this home shopping network program off the ground because they're like the network TV. They don't cancel when they have shows. Um, so I look and I'm looking forward to getting on air and Ida hit, right? 
So I'm like, ah, she's let me call people and let them know I got plenty of time. My backup is ready. Um, he's in Florida. So first show goes on one o'clock in the morning, does well. So I'm like, okay, I'll be back in the office at 10 o'clock once the storm is over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go outside and it's like, oh, where's the road? And there is no road. There's no road. It's a, a river. Boat. It was a river. Um, you live right on the Hudson River. Yeah. So that's a big statement. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to make that show either. So it's been one thing after another so, so this what, week. Let me ask you something. I got I got a quick answers on this. So you got all these shows with 16-game schedules and everything's wrong. So who eats that cost? We do. See? So you, all those shirts right out the window. Yeah. So, so, now, so now you donate them? Like, do they go with all those Broncos Super Bowl T-shirts? Yes and 80s? no. Hold on. Let all me the, see. I might have one. Hold on. Does, do they go with all those Buffalo Bills Super Bowl winning T-shirts? Do they go with the Super Bowl 42 New England Patriots undefeated T-shirts somewhere? Okay, so there's a Giants one. So on the back of this shirt would be a faulty schedule. All right, keep it close. But also, there's a long sleeve shirt that goes underneath it. That's why we call it three in one. You can wear it as a single. You can wear it as a dual shirt, or you can wear the the long sleeve shirt. So part of the shirt is still usable. Only the outside shirt, the blue shirt with the bad schedule on it, can't be used. So we'll figure that out. Um, but the the long sleeve shirt that goes underneath it is fine. Uh, we'll be able to sell that, but it was going to be too boring and no value for a um, today's special. Today's special is like a blue light special on Home Shopping Network, where you give the customer great value on everything they buy for the next 24 hours. And um, that just selling that one shirt would not give them great value. It'd be a great price, but not much value to it. But a three in one makes a lot of sense. All right. So that's what we're up to. These are the kind of things that we're going to bring you on this podcast. Take it inside misprinted t-shirts, uh, celebrities, pop culture, food, and obviously talk some ball with the NFL season right around the corner. Carl, I'm looking forward to doing this with you. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is yeah, a man. full, we got a blank canvas free form. I'm throwing paint against the wall. Yeah, and I got a lot of stuff to get off my chest on a weekly basis, so um, we'll we'll have some fun with this. Tell all your friends, make sure you check out Papa Bank Show, presented by DraftKings. Tell a friend to tell a friend. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube